to go to a baseball game this afternoon, so... <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone actually wants to listen to the drunk drawer, but... Uh... <laughs> If you're if you're in downtown Toledo later today, then uh, you probably will see a part of that. But uh, back with you for another week, Joe, and uh, glad to see that baseball continues to uh, interest us. The New York Yankees look like they're going to be the most bipolar team in baseball. Um, it looks like you're going to get one of two things out of the Yankees: uh, a home run or a strikeout. You know, the comical thing about that, uh, I was going to talk about a lot of numbers with you today, Randy, and that was one that really sticks out so far. Uh, You know, and I took all these numbers last night before the game started. You know, obviously we're early in the morning when we're recording now, so we can go down to the uh, Toledo Mud Hens opener and, um, well, do what we do. Um, But here's the situation. Going into last night, you know, uh, Stanton, uh, 22 strikeouts in 11 games. Well, okay, yeah, you're on pace for 324 over the course of the season if you would play 162 games. Uh, Aaron Judge, Brett Gardner, they're on pace for 203 guys, Randy, are looking at seven and a quarter strikeouts on pace right now. Now, we know those numbers aren't going to hold true uh, over the course of the season, or so we think, but the trade off hasn't been that great. Going into last night, 14 home runs and uh, what was it, 11 games? Uh, okay, you're on pace for just under, uh, that's about 200 also. With that lineup, okay, that's what you're going to get, but oh boy, there's a reason you're playing 500 baseball right now. And that's because of the strikeouts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, 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 hey, home runs are great. But you want to hit a whole lot of solo shots? Okay, be my guest. <laughs> if I'm any pitching staff going against you, I'll take two strikeouts in an inning and give up a dinger, and and uh, you know, hopefully my guys can uh, keep pace. Yeah, and it's not like there is uh, a ton of runs being scored. Now, some of that I think just has to do with the fact that we're playing in 32 degree weather uh, up in the north, but. Uh, I, I like that was it the White Sox in Tampa played in front of about nine hundred seventy eight people. <laughs> hey, now don't pad stats. It was nine seventy four. Okay. All right, but uh, that that's utterly ridiculous. And I I don't know if I've seen numbers for a game like that ever since the away old Cleveland Indians maybe about thirty years ago or so um, before they moved to Jacobs Field. And uh, it, that was ridiculous. Uh, they canceled um, the Cubs game the day before, and there was a little bit of you know good-natured fun between the grounds crews of the two teams because the Cubs didn't play, the White Sox did. And uh, I know the crew from the White Sox said, "Well, that extra inch and a half of snow they got up on the north side was probably a big impact." <laughs> so um, the White Sox played, but oh boy. In front of 974 people, yeah, okay. Uh, I think you lost money that day all the way around. Um, you know, it has been bad. Uh, I don't know if you saw this one, Randall, uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, their first stack of games. Average um, temperature at game time, 39 degrees. And it hasn't been fun, anything north of the Mason-Dixon line or east of the Rockies so far. Or including the Rockies, for that matter. But uh, it's it's been it's been frigid, and um, I think that does have something to do with the way the baseball flies. But 
I've got some numbers for you. All right, and you're you're a numbers guy too. All right, As of yesterday, going into yesterday's games, home runs. There are five teams that have batting average. Uh, first thing that were over 250, a team batting average over 250, and that's it. Wow. All right. Yeah, 13 teams. That's this is it. Averaging a home run a game or better. Hmm. Which means those days of having eight, ten, twelve teams with over 200. Well, right now that's not the case. <laughs> You've got 13 teams averaging 162 home runs for the season. Now, granted, we're talking about a small sample size, 10% of the season done. Uh, something like that, or a little less than that. But, you know, early returns, uh, no, you're right. There aren't many runs scored. Cleveland Indians, team batting average, 158. Ugh. Cubs, your boys, 228. Yep. All right, Colorado Rockies, where the ball flies, 227. Baltimore Orioles, you and I can hit home runs out of that place, 208. <laughs> you know, L.A. Dodgers, I think you'd break your kneecaps on the rail of the fence in the corners out there, all right? 24. So, no, uh, nobody's hitting the baseball. Detroit Tigers, two home runs. <laughs> yeah, Kansas City Royals, four. And I'm not sure so, if the Royals will hit many more than that. Yeah, uh, it's it's been one of those starts, Randy, and... Uh, it's it's really interesting that do you think the pitching's that good? In some cases, it is. You know, guys have come out of the shoot and instead of throwing six, they're throwing seven or eight. You know, you're talking about Verlander, uh, David Price last night. No, not so much. But Chris Sale the night before. Yep. Uh, you know, you've got guys coming out of the blocks in mid-season form on the mound, and that probably has something to do with it. The cold weather and the way the ball travels has a lot to do with it. But you got to remember, you're still playing in parks in Miami, in a dome stadium in Toronto, all right, out west in, uh, in L.A., in San Diego, all right? The ball should still be uh, going a little bit. And I've got to believe it's a combination of both, what you said with the weather and, you know, pretty good pitching coming out of the chute. Yeah, pitching does seem to be a little better than than uh, a lot of us expected, especially mm-hmm. for the first couple of weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. And now here's the question I have for you. Uh, there's been some pretty good starts in baseball so far, and some of them by some, <laughs> well, teams that we didn't expect it out of. You know, Pittsburgh Pirates out of the shoot, uh, what, 8-1 and one starting out before they lost the game last night to the Cubs. All right, Arizona eight and three, uh, the Red Sox, you know nine and one, et cetera, et cetera. You're going right down the line with some teams that are, you know, flying out of the shoot. Which one is real, and which one's phony? Uh, I believe the Red Sox are real. Okay, I I've got to agree with you. All right, I know. I think way back when we did this, um, you know, I said something about them being able to really roll. Uh, during the season, and their biggest nemesis was probably going to be the Yankees. But so far out of the shoot, you know, David Price had a horrible outing last night. That's not going to be the norm, I don't think. Uh, you know, with Sale, uh, Porcello, their staff is put together pretty well. Um, the thing is, 
are they going to have the power slots in the lineup like the Yankees do? Uh, right now, uh, they don't. Uh, they're one of those teams that are, you know, have a low number of home runs with eight going into last night. All right, but you also have a team batting average is pretty high. Uh, you put together base hits over and over. Well, you're still going to score the same amount of runs that you do with a solo home run that the Yankees are hitting because they strike out so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking right. at the numbers right now. The Red Sox, if I can look at this quickly, I believe are fourth of the AL in runs scored. Okay, and combine that with some pretty good pitching, yeah. You know, that's why you have the start you have. Yes. I think the one that intrigues me more than anything, Arizona has those capabilities of putting together uh, real good spurts. You know, uh, Goldschmidt, uh, you know, he's the ringleader in that whole operation down there at the plate. Uh, you know, Zach Greinke has, has the capabilities of going out there anytime in the mound and throwing a goose egg at someone. Uh, you've got those capabilities of putting those things together. But the, the team that has just shocked me coming out of the shoot is Pittsburgh. Hmm. All right. Do they have a lineup? Yes, they do. Uh, Gregory Blanco, Sterling Marte, uh, you know, you've got one of the best outfield combinations in baseball. Uh, add in Harrison. Add in Jordy Mercer. All right. You've got people that can get on base and drive in runs. So your lineup is very capable. Josh Bell, one of the best young guys in the National League, okay? You've got a lineup that will score runs. The question was after they lost Garrett Cole, uh, it traded Melanson uh, last year, how were they gonna stop people? Well, so far they're stopping people. Uh, Talion, I think, is gonna be a stud. Um, I'm not sure if he's gonna be a stud every time out right now, but he's got those capabilities. Williams uh, <laughs> threw a goose egg at the Tigers a couple weeks ago. And uh, so far, so good in Pittsburgh. I don't know if they've got enough to hold it all together because you still have to worry about the Cubs, Milwaukee, uh, even St. Louis in the same division. But so far, <laughs> they've been very formidable. Yeah, and again, it's uh, it's 11 games old. So, uh, right. Yeah, there's right. Still, still a lot and of again, baseball left to be played. sample size. Yeah, exactly. You know, now, one thing that is a small sample size, but it seems to be a recurring issue every single year, and you wonder when it's going to start, and it's already started, two baseball eh, bench clears yesterday, let's call them that, <laughs> all right? The one uh, with Colorado and San Diego, where uh, Luis Perdomo hit Nolan Arondo with a pitch, and uh, it all, that cleared everybody out. And um, Mark McGuire actually had a great point. Mark McGuire, the hitting coach for the San Diego Padres, got in uh, Arenado's face and said, hey, three of our guys. And when they played earlier in the season, yes, three guys from San Diego did get plunked. So, okay, you know, people have to realize that, you know, you keep getting hit and you keep getting hit well somebody on your side is going to get hit and it may not be intentional it may be a brush back but you know deal with it it's baseball it happens this is very true all right now the one last night uh <laughs> i think the rivalry between the yankees and the red sox got way taken too far 
And I'm not sure if you saw the game, Randy. I did watch it. Um, there was a play on a bunt where, you know, Brock Holt at second base for the Red Sox had to stretch for a throw. Tyler Austin is coming in. He does come straight through the back. He does have a uh, back leg, you know, uh, calf high with the spikes. And in a normal situation, you're thinking he's going to turn a double play. So you're trying to take the guy down so he doesn't make a good throw to first base or plant a seed so he doesn't make a great throw to first base. Um, Brock Holt, at the last minute, realized he didn't have a chance at the double play and stretched for the throw, which made this whole deal looking all the worst. Tyler Austin, uh, you know, hitting with the spikes in the calf. Holt turned around, looked at him. There were some words exchanged. They, you know, there wasn't anything really going on. Um, and benches cleared and everything. It was kind of one of those good natures, hey, what are you doing for dinner afterwards, those kind of things. That all cleared up. Later in the game, all right, here's the key stat. Later in the game, Yankees are up three runs, okay, just three, in Fenway Park. And you know where a game can go in Fenway Park real quick, okay? They're up three. Joe Kelly hits Austin with a pitch. And then that's when all hell breaks loose. All right, Austin charges the mound. Both of them go down. And we've got people skirmishing all over the place trying to separate all, all kinds of folks. You have to understand the game. We talked about this last season. If you get hit with a pitch in a competitive baseball game, I highly doubt the guy is throwing at you. Yes. All right? You're only up three in Fenway Park. I highly doubt Joe <laughs> Kelly is trying to put an extra guy on base late in the game so the Yankees have a chance to extend that lead. Yeah, but you know the way these young studs are. Everyone's after them. Yeah, well, yeah. And here's all these guys that need to wake up and understand the game of baseball. All right? You know, hey, if you think you're so smart on that team and it's a home run or nothing, well, that's what you got. And I don't think uh, anybody realizes last night that, you know what, I don't think he was chucking at him. Why do you want to put a guy on base when you've got, you know, the top of the order coming up? Or you're in the middle of the order. All right? Now, maybe you're counting on Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton striking out again. But in a three-run game at Fenway Park, I really don't think Joe Kelly was throwing at Tyler Austin. No, I'm sure it probably wasn't. But, again, you can't – these young guys, you can't tell them that. Right, right. You know, um, you know, maybe some of the older breed of baseball needs to talk to these guys and say, hey, you know what? Now you just got yourself a hit in the pocketbook, all right? You probably got a couple of bruises you didn't need because guys running in from the bullpen rolled over the top of you, and, and you didn't expect that. <laughs>
Great American Ballpark, uh, Philadelphia. Uh, there's a few places where it's going to be even more of a chance you can come back from two or three runs down. If it's a six-run game, no. Um, you know, yeah, you probably got thrown at. But, right. you know, a two-three-run game, you just, hey, if you hit a guy, you just brought the tying run to the plate <laughs> in a two-run game. Yeah, that's exactly that? it. Yeah, that, that is exactly it. Is that I, these, I just, I don't, I think some of these younger guys just don't get that. I, I, I really don't think don't. so either. You know, I think it's it's a little bit of me, 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 worrying about me, mm-hmm. just thinking, hey, guess what? I just got the tying run to the plate by getting plunked. Hey, way to go, dummy. Okay, I'm going down to first base. <laughs> yep. So, you know, if it's a big margin and somebody gets ripped and, and you think, uh, you know, you can tell. You can tell by uh, reaction on the mound. Body language tells all. Um, you know, I've seen guys let a fastball go and it starts riding in high, and, and you look at the pitcher in the replay, and he's just cringing, hoping he doesn't hit the guy in the head. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right? And you can tell. he was, He's not throwing at him. It mm-hmm. got away. Curveball that starts way too far inside. You're getting hit with a curveball. Man up. All right? Um, you know, you can tell when a guy's getting thrown at and when he isn't. And you can tell by the body language of the pitcher. Because when he squares up like he's ready to feel the baseball coming back at him, except it's going to be somebody throwing a helmet maybe at him, then you knew he threw at him. Because you can tell by athletic stance versus, oh my God, get out of the way, on the body language of the pitcher. It's a very good point. Okay. All right. Hey, you know what? Uh, I'd be really remiss, Randy. All right. I know last week because some uh, electronical situations where I don't know what got zapped, but we had to cut it short. And hey, both of us are alive, so obviously we're here. But um, I'd be really remiss, baseball-wise. There were a couple items, and probably the best things that uh, best uh, quotes from Field of Dreams. And I'd be really remiss if I didn't mention them. Uh, our good friend, your your friend, my friend, Josh Clark, may have had one of the best. When at the end of the show, um, Ray Kinsella turns and looks at the catcher that had the New York Yankees jersey on, understanding that's his dad. And he says, hey, dad, you want to have a catch? That is cool. So I want to thank Josh Clark for pointing that out to us. And the other one, my friend, um, the author, judge, and all-around cool lady, Rosemary Aquilina, if you build it, they will come. And it's kind of like us. If we say it, people will listen. So <laughs> those two I wanted to make sure I mentioned uh, because, you know, that's kind of one of the, my favorite all-time shows. And, uh, you know, it's almost like Major League. I can almost quote that movie. But, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure I mentioned those before we stopped talking about baseball today. So there you go, Rosemary, Josh. Uh, I did remember. Um, <laughs> hey, if we move on quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to the NBA last night, all right, it was the last night of the regular season. And, Randy, if you looked at the standings yesterday, it was an absolute mess in the West. And 
only three spots in the East were confirmed. Okay, and that was uh, the Raptors number one, uh, the Celtics number two, and the Pacers at number five. Okay, now that it all finally shook out, okay, Philadelphia, that we're going to talk the East first, the Sixers won 16 in a row to finish the season to overtake Cleveland for the number three spot. Cavs are number four. They're going to play the Pacers in their first round. Philly is going to play the Heat. Boston, I don't know I don't know how I feel about this one. If you're a Boston Celtics fan, our good friend Kyle Brighton, hey, you're down at, down at the University of Toledo right now, all right? Uh, you real excited about playing Milwaukee without Kyrie Irving? <laughs> uh, and then Toronto, Washington, it's a good thing the Pistons weren't closer. Washington limps into the playoffs, losing seven of their last ten. So there's your East matchups. All right, out west, this was a cluster, an absolute mess going into yesterday. The only two teams who knew they were going to be there was Houston, number one, Golden State, number two. Uh, the Blazers end up in the third spot. And if you take a look at the numbers, between four, five, and six, they all have the same record. Seven and eight, same record, okay? Uh, Oklahoma City ended up number four. Blazers, number three. Minnesota beat Denver in a flat-out play-in game last night. The winner didn't get in, or the winner got in, the loser did not. Minnesota won that game in overtime, and I did see the end of that game. That was, Randy, that was an atmosphere any college campus would have been proud of, and it was an NBA arena for that game. All right, so Golden State's going to get San Antonio. The Blazers get New Orleans. Wow, I'm telling you, I, I will watch this. I really will watch this. And you know I'm not the biggest NBA guy, mm-hmm. but I will watch some of these matchups. They are really intriguing. Yeah, oh, I tell you what, I absolutely love Golden State and San Antonio in the first round. Mm-hmm. And there was talk about three weeks ago, San Antonio's run of playoff appearances was in deep jeopardy, and it was. Mm-hmm. It really was. And, you know, Pop got him in, and, boy, if there's one guy you don't want to mess with in the playoffs, it's it's Coach Pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, Through the years, he's been one of the best. Yep, I feel the same way. But uh, Now... Go ahead. Is it is it a foregone conclusion? It's going to be uh, Cavs and Warriors in the finals. No, absolutely not. All right. Now, uh, guy that used to um, you know hang out with us during his internship, KKB, uh, <laughs> educated me last night. Wouldn't it be really cool? All right, on the heels of the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, that the Sixers win the NBA title. <laughs> And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm look, I go, no, not going to happen. And then I look at the last, you know, few weeks of the season, they haven't lost. Now, the bad thing is, that was the regular season. And, you know, percentages catch up to you. So all they have to do, though, is win, you know, three of five, four of seven, stuff like that. So you can go a game above 500 the rest of the way and win. And I'm thinking about their team, as youthful as they are, uh, Wow, this team is fun to watch, and they're good. And Markel Fultz comes in last night and gets a triple-double. Hasn't played, what, five games all year. But looks like he's ready to go in time for the playoffs. 
Yeah, it's amazing how his, uh, his shooting got fixed there all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the key is uh, M-Bide for them, all right? Um, when will he be ready to play? I mean, really be ready to play, all right? And I know the Warriors are thinking the same thing uh, about Curry, all right? Uh, obviously, Kyrie Irving is not going to play at all for the Celtics. So a team that we thought of way back when... All right, in October, that could be really, really good, is probably missing their biggest component, and that being the Boston Celtics with Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I'm not sold on the Celtics at all. No, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one out here. All right, we did this with baseball. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go along with KKB. My dark horse in the East is gonna be the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't want to play him right now. I still, until someone beats him, you got to go with the Cavs. Okay. All right. You're out there with that. And let's see, in the West, boy, I'd love to say a number of teams, but the one I've got to say has got to be Houston. Yeah, I agree with you there. It has to be the Houston Rockets. I, I do agree with you there. And the good news is, in a week when we meet up again, we'll still be in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> well, in two weeks, we might still be in the first round of the playoffs. That's the one thing. I'll tell you what. The thing about playoff hoops, I wish it was playoff hockey. You go every other day, bottom line. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the first round, it's all based on TV and how you can get NBA t- games on TV every night for the next, what, uh, 60 days. All right? And... You may play once every three days and stuff like that in the first round. Once you get deeper, yeah, it is every other day. But you're right. Those first-round games are almost like high school sectional baseball. Let's play 18 days to get through it. Oh, you know? brutal. It's a ridiculous aspect. Um, hey, speaking of ridiculous, I'd be really, really, oh, I'm bypassing an opportunity, and I never bypass an opportunity. You know me. Way back at the beginning of the year, our good friend Lonzo Ball, or Lonzo LeVar Ball, said the Lakers are going to the playoffs. Do you remember that? Yeah, how did that work out? I say, I was going to get a hat that said they didn't make it. All right, I'm going to be calling my buddy Bobby Steedman, Team Sports in Toledo today, and have him make me a hat that says Lakers did not make it. (laughs) Okay, thirty-five and forty-seven. Attaboy, LeVar. Way to call that shot. And as far, I'll tell you what, to be honest with you, uh, Lonzo's numbers, very creditable. Ten points a game, right around seven assists, seven rebounds a game. Uh, you know, that ten points a game, though, here you go, came on 36% field goal shooting, 30% from the three-point line. And how do you play point guard and only shoot 45% from the foul line? That one's beyond me. How do you just? How are you a pro basketball player and shoot forty five percent from the free throw line? Well, <laughs> Andre Drummond plays for the uh, Detroit Pistons, so um, you know. And I'll tell you what, he's he, a very credible player. Scores a lot of points and gets a lot of rebounds. Can't shoot free throws, so I understand what you're saying, though. If you play professional basketball, you play college basketball, you should be um, a creditable foul shooter. So, uh, yeah, that's something uh, that young man obviously needs to work on during the summer. Um, you know, and, and the chatter 
that we heard all October, November, even into December for a while, has gone away, thankfully. So in that situation, I'll go away, thankfully, with that issue. Mm -hmm. My case is closed. They didn't make it. (laughs) So are you going to go on every show on Fox and talk about it then, like LeVar would have done? No. Okay. No, no need. Okay. My point's been made. (laughs) I was right. Uh, hey, they're also it's almost usual, right? They're also into the uh, playoffs on the ice. So quickly, Joe, uh, we'll talk a little NHL here. Uh, is yeah. there is, is anyone going to beat the Penguins? Hey, this one is just for the Rev, my buddy up in New Hampshire. The Rev. Hey, Rev, I know you're in Florida right now, and I know you listen. Okay, the Boston Bruins. Uh uh-uh. uh, it's going to be the Pens again. I think the Pens, uh, yeah, advance all the way to the finals. I think they win again. Um, you know, they really, really had a rocky stretch early in the season where, I don't know, if the two-year cup hangover really got to them. Um, but, yeah, they were a 500 hockey team for about a month and a half before they really started rolling. You look at their record during the season as a whole, eh, yeah, I mean, okay, they got in. Um, you know, that's what you want to look at. You look at the last two-thirds of the season, yeah, that's the Pittsburgh Penguins that we all know. So uh, the people in the East, Tampa Bay, I think, is the biggest threat. No, oh, okay. All right. I really don't think the Bruins, the Bruins, I think, peaked early. Okay? So, Rev, yeah, you versus me, pal. All right, <laughs> Boston Philly. If Boston plays Pittsburgh, that is going to be. Uh, <laughs> there's more than Boston Pittsburgh on that one. All right, <laughs> out of the West, I'll tell you, you know how I'd love to see come out of that Vegas, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, and, right. Uh, that way, what a story that would be. You think about that. What a story that would be for them to come out of the West in their first year and make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Mm-hmm. So. I'll go with the underdog on that one. I'll take them. Yeah, I, I like Vegas, too. I'm, I'm really okay. pulling for them. All right. Well, that's about a wrap on our playoff predictions. All right. Well, and I think that's about a wrap on what I have to say today. <laughs> I think I got everything that I wanted. All right. Well, hey, that empties out the junk drawer for another week. Again, uh, the good news is uh, when uh, Joe and I meet up again next week, we'll be in... Roughly the same spot that we're in right now. Baseball will have another handful of games played, and the NBA will be maybe two games into the first round playoff series. <laughs> I'm actually looking at the NBA playoff schedule right now. and Well, first of all, they don't start until Saturday. So everyone's going to okay, get some... Yeah, by, we, by the time we reconvene, yeah, we may have two games then. So I'm looking at the <laughs> Tuesday night schedule has... Uh, Toronto-Washington, Game 2. Boston-Milwaukee, Game 2. Portland-New Orleans, Game 2. Wow. So we wow. may, yeah, Wednesday night, next Wednesday, may be a couple Game 3s, but that will be right. about it. So uh, we can we can just pretty much re-record what we said about the playoffs <laughs> in the NBA. <laughs> well, I'm sure I'll find other issues before that point in time. 
because there's not going to so, be a whole heck of a lot going on, it looks like. So, uh, right. Well, I believe that does wrap it up. We want to thank everyone uh, for uh, checking us out. Don't forget, you can uh, rate and review us on iTunes and uh, follow us on SoundCloud as well. So for Joe, I'm Randy, and we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to Joe's Junk Tour. We're available on iTunes. Just search for us at Joe's Junk Tour. We're available on ORN Radio on SoundCloud.com. And we're also available on the Ultimate Sports Network as well at OneUSN.net. Just click on the podcast tab and you can uh, join us along with all the other great podcasts available on the Ultimate Sports Network.